Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, this October, Chris, it is the World Cup, the Men's ICC Cricket World Cup. The thrill, the passion, the brilliance, the biggest stage of all. You're doing some packages with the Barmy Army as well. Tell me and the listeners all about them. We certainly are, James. We've got a fantastic package for everyone, really, right from the whether it's the first game you want to watch just for to get that World Cup feel in India or whether you want to go and watch England versus India or whether you want to go all out and do the final, semi-final, final packages because, let's be honest, England are going to get to the semis at least. Mm-hmm. Um, a world, I think a World Cup in India is something that every cricket fan's got to go through and experience. Um, it will be my first time in India at a World Cup and I'm really excited to be going. Um, it's got They've got some amazing fixtures. There's even one fixture in Dharmashala, and there's a test match in Dharmashala as well in the ne- next March. Um, however, that is in the Himalayas. So really? how cool okay. is that? What, what an experience that would be. So, yeah, barmyarmy.com. We've got all the packages. We've got, like, over 10 different packages, so there's one for everyone. If you really want to push the boat out, you can do the full tour package, which is 50 nights in India. 50 <laughs> nights, and you basically see the whole of India. So if you ever wanted to go travelling around India, now's your chance. Yeah, and it's a great thing to do, definitely. If you're going to go to India, you might as well combine it with the Cricket World Cup because let, let's be honest, it's going to be bonkers out there for that. England defending champions, of course, and also T20 World Cup champions, as we well know. So there we have it. So that is where you can head, like Chris says, barmyarmy.com, and all those packages are listed there with all our brilliant, experienced Barmy Army team. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Shackles Are Off podcast. Mmm, absolutely done over, done over, well and truly, completely, hollow victory. Well, it's not even a victory yet, is it? (laughs) Um, But a hollow way to retain the ashes, I'd say, Chris Millard. We're going to get into this. You've already got into it quite a lot on Twitter. <laughs> I'm still in golf mode, but I think having had a little scroll down your Twitter in the last few minutes, I'm, I'm now back in, back in cricket <laughs> mode. Um, and I just, I, I wow, wow. Um, give me your thoughts, first of all, because that is no way 
no way to retain the Ashes. And those Aussie boys, I know they'll be celebrating and they'll absolutely take it coming to England. But that is just... Oh, they can't be happy with that. And yeah, I think in fairness to the Aussies, which I'm never normally, and um, um, the Aussies aren't normally that <laughs> gracious in victory or defeat. Um, I think what Pat Cummings has said and what Cameron Green said in the last couple of days about how they got away with one is absolutely right. We absolutely hammered them for three days on the bounce. You look at certain things that happened during that test match and you think, well, if, if we'd have done things a little bit differently or if he didn't do that, then we might have. But you know what? Hindsight is a wonderful thing. We were on top of them for three days. In my mind, it's very much two all going into the last test. I know they've got their hands on the ashes for another couple of years. On the bright side, England fans, it might mean we have a Ben Stokes captain in the side in two years' time down under, wanting to um, go out of his Test cricket retirement on a victory in Australia. What a way to be. I think if you can um, see the stars aligning, that that might well happen. Mm -hmm. um, but not looking too far ahead. We've still got a Test match to win to make it to all. Um, there's still a lot to play for, Greggy. And one of the big things is, let's not forget... These lads will want to be, be prove themselves to be the best test team in the world like they have done already. And they'll want to get yeah. to a World Test Championship final. No, you're right. You are right. There are silver linings to be taken from that. It just didn't feel like that on Sunday, did it? As that rain was beating down. And it wasn't a case of when the players go back on or if they go back on. It was a case of when we hear that Australia have retained the Ashes. And it's sickening, absolutely sickening. But if you look at the way that England played in that Old Trafford test match, it was... Everything coming together like we kind of expected them to. 592 all out. Have a bit of that, Australia. And I mean, if they had had a day's play on Sunday and the weather was like it was, for example, at Edgebaston, undoubtedly England are taking it to the Oval and it's two all and it's an absolutely rip-roaring way to finish this summer. I just feel a little bit gutted in many ways that there was so much interest around this Ashes series and it did have an air of 05 and we talked about that after the first test and how it felt that when Zach Crawley crunched that first ball for four of the entire series that the whole nation was going to get swept up in Ashes fever and you just knew that as soon as that game was called on Sunday that that all went bang just click of the fingers disappeared and I might be overreacting slightly but I just think it's such an opportunity missed to capture the next generation and that kind of thing. And, you know, even daft things. I mean, I'm not saying sports personalities that be all and end all. And actually, England cricket's featured quite prominently at the end of the year of that recently, hasn't it? With Stokesy winning it after 2019 and all that. Yeah. But you just think, you know, for things like that, it'd be so great to have a whole big 15-minute section where the whole England squad go up on stage having won the Ashes. And yeah, just such a such an opportunity missed and not through the fault of the players and that's the most yeah. galling thing about it really i have to agree with you but i don't like you using this platform to promote your employer at the bbc i know you um <laughs> i know you like to, to promote them at time to time but i know I, I do agree with you mate it's it's a real um the, the one thing that got to me more than anything was i had a lot of let's say very much part-time cricket fans mainly in my extended family and, and a few of my friendship groups and they're talking to me, saying how buzzing they are about the game, like how how well into the Ashes they were, asking me questions, what's going to happen if this happens? Like, so bought into it. 
And then you lose, you look at the first three games and you lose so much time through bad light and poor rules that are ancient and made up in the bloody ancient folklore of English test cricket. Like, I've, I'm not just saying this as a bitter England fan or someone that is an advocate for change, but I am saying this as someone that's watched a lot of cricket, test cricket. I've said it before, when tests haven't gone our way, and I know the England team would have preferred to go and try and get a result, the game needs to change, it needs to adapt, it needs to become more flexible to create a better product to last the next 25 years because everyone's so bought into it, but the more games that get called off due to bad light or not having enough overs bowled in a day so it's a bore draw or or teams batting out time and taking time to change the gloves and taking time in between overs, and then we stop for bloody tea because... You have to stop for tea at five o'clock. Nothing, nothing more annoying than that because it. I mean, as cricket watchers, and obviously a lot of people who listen to this podcast will be cricket listeners. But if you are, um, if if you love the game, you're so regimented and set in your ways, aren't you? you? You know, you why would you change it? And you don't really think outside the box. But you did a really great tweet about this, which has generated a quite ridiculous amount of traction. If only we had the amount of pairs of ears on this podcast as we had <laughs> eyes on your tweet. Rules to change to save test cricket. Quite. Mm. We know what we're getting here, don't we? <laughs> to start things off. <laughs> so here we go. So bad light rule removed. Agree. Overs bold in a day have to be bold in a day. Good light rule. Absolutely. Um, change move the fixture by one day for full day is lost. I'm going to come back to that because yet again, I agree. Change the lunch tier intervals accordingly to the forecast. Precisely what you were just saying. Why are we taking tea when it might be the only 40 minute period or 20 minute period or hour? You know, why are you taking the players off the field when it might be the only window opportunity that you get? Completely crazy. If you didn't know anything about cricket and you turned up to watch and it hosed it down all day and just as it was brightening up, you went, no, it's tea now. You'd be going, well, what are you doing? Like, what? Why? Why? Why are they all going off? What's that? Like, wouldn't you? You would, though, wouldn't you? You know, yeah. If, if you try and explain the game to like an alien that's just come to planet Earth for the day, I yeah. think that'd be the most confusing thing. I like, think you're playing would. the game; it's so entertaining. Everyone's glued to it, then everyone has to stop because we need some cucumber sandwiches. Also, what's what's all this starting at like eleven o'clock and half past ten earliest? What is that about? Because that's the final point of your tweet, isn't it? Start earlier. I've just been covering the golf, right? The first tee shot on Thursday was at 6.35 a.m. That's high, a major championship golf. And it starts mm. at half past six in the morning. So that means the players are warming up at, in the dark at half four. And I think that the, the, exactly. And that's the, that's such a good point. And there is a, there is a big debate around how much of an advantage it would be if teams were bowling with a Duke's ball at 9 a.m. Um, in England, it, it would undoubtedly be a little bit more of an advantage. But you know what? There's no flexibility. Why not 10 o'clock? Why not start at 10, finish at half seven? Yeah. Use a use a pink ball if that's an issue. We've watched some very good day-night test matches. Now, I'm not a huge advocate for day-night test cricket as a principle, but why can we? how can we play a game that you can play at 10 p.m. at night, but yet there's a bad light rule because we use a different ball? Yeah, like, exactly. what? What? <laughs> and all these grounds have floodlights, by the way. And also, you get the impression, and I'm sure that, look, 
Australia and Australian cricket fans, because I know there's been quite a few chiming in on, on your on your tweet. Like, <laughs> it's quite entertaining, isn't it? Oh, it is a good read, if, by the way, if you are listening to the podcast and you've not seen Chris's tweet, go type Chris Millard 18 in on Twitter or X as it's now called. We're not going into that on here. Um <sighs> if you if you have a little look down there, you'll see um actually Jim Maxwell agrees with you. And Jim Maxwell, I think I've referenced as a voice of reason on this podcast in the last episode. Um and lots of other bits. And actually, there's some really good suggestions, isn't there, about timings of the days and how you actually cram it into four days and have a reserve day and that kind of thing, which is really good. Use the fifth day yeah. as a reserve day. Um, and there's a lot of people agreeing with you. Obviously, there's some complete Muppets on there as well. But <laughs> there's, but I think, actually, if, if, you, if you asked, not just in light of the weekend, but if you asked any Australian cricketer or indeed any test cricketer about this kind of stuff, they would, they, they would kind of agree. Right. And obviously they're not going to agree now because of this, but even they, they've said, oh, it's a bit of a shame that it ended the way it did. And England were on top and that kind of thing. I don't, I don't think anybody can dispute that. No, so. and, and a cricket fan, like we're, at the end of the day, we're test cricket fans. Mm-hmm. I watch test cricket, even when it's not England playing. I know you do as well. And we, you want to see a contest. There's nothing worse than rain or the weather affecting a game of cricket, especially when it's on the main stage of of world sport. And at the minute, it was right front and centre of every media channel. Now, it's fallen off a cliff. Yeah. It's fallen off a cliff. There's a, there's a test match starting on Thursday. It's hardly got anywhere near the same traction. Yeah. And I, I just can't help but think if there was a bit more flexibility within the rules, there'd still be more interest in the game. Yeah, completely agree. Absolutely agree. I mean, again, going back to the golf analogy, and it's only because they are quite there are quite a lot of parallels. You know, it's played over four days. A lot of people often fall asleep mid tournament or mid, you know, <laughs> mid whatever it is. But even and I'm not even talking about the Open or the Masters or the US Open, or whatever. I'm talking about every normal week in, week out events, whether that's PGA tour or European tour, or whatever. Maybe four days. Slated as four days. Everybody's booked for four days, whether that's caterers, volunteers, broadcasters, caddies. Everybody's assuming that they're there Thursday through through Sunday. But if the weather is absolutely horrendous, there are pretty much every single professional event will go to a Monday finish. It will go to an extra day to get it done, unless the forecast is absolutely abysmal for that day as well, and then they try and wrap it up in some other way. But like there is that air of flexibility there. And actually, you compare sometimes if there's lightning or whatever, which is obviously very dangerous when you've got you know hundreds of people out there on a golf course. You know yes. they get they get them all off on the, on a Saturday night, for example, and they say, right, you're all finishing off your third rounds on Sunday morning. So they all get themselves up there, like I say, warming up in the dark and get themselves out there at half six round, and and it's a long day. Yeah, of course it is. Talk about welfare of athletes and stuff. That's what you train for. And that's Correct. why you keep yourself in good nick. And that's why you you give yourself rest and you eat all your proper nutritious food and all that. So that isn't even an argument for me. Some some person saying, you know, in there, oh, what about the welfare of the athletes? Well, I'm not being funny. You know, the, <laughs> it's going to be the same for everyone. And and if you're struggling, well, you're not fit enough, are you? So that's... Yeah, I, exactly. I, exactly. Uh, They're elite athletes at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure they the are. players would agree with it. <laughs> But 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 on on the flip side, there has been some quite good people that have, have come back and put some really poignant questions. I think it's a really good debate. It's a good debate for the game. What's the most encouraging thing for me is whilst I did flack a little bit of abuse and a lot of support, and it's gone out to a massive audience. But the real encouraging part for me is 
there's still so many people that really are interested in moving the game forward and progress progressing the game for the good of the game for the longevity of the game so we probably need to do something about it is the voice of the fans in England and try and move it forward with the official bodies to see if we can actually be a bit of a change agent do we feel like we've we've had a bit of therapy there I think so can I talk to you two about a little um I want to give a shout out to a guy that I met on Friday night. It was Barmy Bingo once again, Greggy, and it was unbelievable. <laughs> Manchester, you did us proud. Tales were up Friday night, weren't there? There was, um, there was a bit of a sign of rain. There was a bit of uncertainty around, but we just watched Zach Crawley like just do something very special in Ashes cricket. And I hope that's not forgotten about. That knock was absolutely scintillating. One of the best live performances I've ever seen in an England shirt on a cricket field. So, Zach Crawley, well done. So, you were absolutely sensational. I'm just such a shame it didn't go down to a, a winning result. But that night, it was buzzing. Like, the whole place was bouncing. And at the end of the night, a fella comes up to me and goes, oh, massive fan of the podcast. Like, love it. I said, right, Matty, I'm enjoying this more than you. You coming up to me telling me how much you love the podcast. So <laughs> I want to tell your story. Like, So the Bahrain Camels, this is your shout out. You've been touring for 28 years around the UK, South Wales, Dublin, Exeter, Yorkshire, most recently North Wales. Yeah, The team is made up of expats who live out in Bahrain. They all listen to the podcast. They love the Barmy Army. So Matty Reese, you're a legend. Thank you for coming up to me. And you've made mine and Greggy's night. I love that. That's awesome. That is so good. When me and you are together, we do get quite a bit of that, don't we? Mm. But that is that is really cool. I'm really glad that that is. Love it. Yeah, that's nice. Oh well, nice one, nice one. Could, could have stretched out coming saying they flew from Bahrain just to come to Barmy Bingo and have a chat with us, but um, no. <laughs> Seemed like they had a good night. Put it that way. That would be embellishing it a little bit too much. Um, just on Barmy Bingo, we are going to be having an event at the well friday oval test match venue in london um just keep your eyes peeled on the social media channels i'm looking forward to be back in the fold sam ellard's took the reins actually has he done a good job has he been better than me he's done a very good job he's keeping you on your toes that's what he's doing all right it's currently still yours mate he's still in pole position (laughs) that's good sammy boy he's um he's keeping you on your toes no he's done a great job you'd be very proud of him good lad envisage a day where we have a huge event for a thousand people and you've got you both on there yeah, bouncing off each other that'd so, be the dream me and Sam do get on very very well despite working for Ravel uh, Ravel uh, <laughs> cl- clearly his is the better one because they employ Ravel. people who, <laughs> they employ people who can speak at TalkSport unlike me uh, <laughs> um, but we we did the World Cup final we obviously sat next to each other at Lords, and we did a blog. I think that video is still on the Barmy Army YouTube channel. It was great, great fun. Sat next to Sam doing that, and uh, he's doing very, very well. So that's good. Um, yeah, I'm be back in the fold anyway on Friday night. Looking forward to doing that with Pagey and all the rest of the gang as well. So looking forward to seeing you there as well. Um, Chris, the Oval. Um, it's going to be an absolute cracker. The Oval. Um, it's a shame that the Ashes urn isn't on the line, but the opportunity to deny. Australia a series win would be quite something. They're going to be it... so up for it, so up for it, you know. Yeah. They want to come to England and win the Ashes. Despite winning a few test matches and despite doing quite well, they still haven't won an Ashes in England for donkey's years. So you know what? They're going to be bang up for this. I really hope England are just as up for it. 
me too. Me too. Sorry, I muted myself there and actually then couldn't unmute myself. There we go. We're still using Zoom, by the way, giving secrets away to uh, to all the listeners on that. Um, okay, well, well, look, we're going to be back with some more guests soon. I think we used this podcast as a bit of therapy, um, which was nice, which was nice. Um, I feel like we've got a little bit off our chest. We we do have to say, as much as it does pay me to say, I mean, you don't have to say this, but I'm going to say it. Well done and congratulations to Australia. I hope that you enjoy it. And without wishing to sound like the bloke off that come dine with me meme, who says, what a sad little <laughs> life, Jane. Um, I hope that you enjoy the money. <laughs> Take some lessons in grace and decorum. No, 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 no. I'm stopping a little short of saying that, but I will say congratulations. There we go. It, it's been done. Can't, nobody can accuse us of being classless, Chris. That's the, no. whole, the whole point. Congratulations. Of- um, I'm retaining the ashes due to thunderstorm. <laughs> Massive asterisk next to that retaining of the ashes. I do like what you said right at the start of the podcast, though, saying that actually, if we go back, if we think forwards to how up in up for England will be next time they go down under under the captaincy of Ben Stokes and maybe a potential final hurrah. Hey, that's that's, that's quite a nice thought, isn't it? It's quite a nice. Always thought. positive at the Barmy Army, mate. That, I think that's the <laughs> that's that's the spin everyone needs. Like you've got to think about that. Like it's only two years away. It's going to go quite quick. There's not a lot of Test cricket until then. And then we want Stokes leading the troops down under because there's going to be a lot of Barmy Army there. And let me tell you, we will do the business. Mm, I agree. I actually really do agree. Um, I think that that is probably all our business. We, look, we're going to wrap the series up next week with a podcast as well. We'll get a guest on, either somebody in the current... I'm doing a production meeting live on the recording here. Uh, try and get <laughs> somebody from the current dressing room, depending on how dusty they're feeling and how the result goes or an ex-player as well. It won't just be Chris and I whittling on. So there we have it. Um, Thanks so much for listening. We will try and reboot the podcast in its purest and glorious form over the course of the winter as well with some of our long-form guests as well. And thank you very much indeed for listening. This has been the Shackles Rock podcast, and we'll see you after the Oval. And if not, see you at Barmy Bingo on Friday. Cheers. Oi, oi! We've had a couple of good nights at Sixers, haven't we, Chris? Sixers <laughs> cricket. Um, I can't really remember a great deal of it, but I I've do... just had a flashback. <laughs> I've had a flashback to Matt Root falling over backwards onto his stumps into the netting after several <laughs> bottles of red wine. I think it was me, you, Matt and Paul, weren't we? Yeah, we were it was. In Manchester. In Manchester, yeah. And Rooty ended up on his arse in the back of the net, so that was funny. <laughs> I've got video evidence of us just like teeing off in there great great fun if you've never been to sixes and by the way if you're listening to this podcast and you're clearly a fan of cricket how haven't you been to sixes yet there's venues popping up all over the place isn't there um basball beers and batting this summer basball beers and batting come on it's good that isn't it um you can have a net as well you book the way it works is you book a net and basically you just apply into a load of drinks i mean it's quite simple it's a great great concept and the good news is is that you can get a discount. How do we get the discount? And what is the discount code, Chris? 
Barmy Army, capital B, capital A, 25, all one word, no spacing. So that's Barmy Army, 25 for 25% off. And just a little word of advice from me on sixes. I know there'll be a lot of cricket tragics listening to this podcast, which of one I am. Mm. You can, if you've probably got a, a partner who's interested in the game, but if you're like me, not very interested in the game, it is the perfect experience to say, come on then, just have a go at cricket, see if you like it, see what you think to it. So speak from personal experience, it's good to go with the lads. It's also good to go with your partner and um, demonstrate and have a bit of a laugh around um, how to play the game. There we go. Six is, it's a really good place to go and soak in the cricket, the football, whatever it may be, or just an afternoon out with your mates or your partner, like Chris did with me. <laughs> Barmy Army 25, 25% off. Sports Social Podcast Network.